Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prack. Today, we have our special guest, uh, Janet Fields. Janet is, a, is the CEO and co-founder of Oak Trust Properties. She got into the property management as a child when her parents started flipping houses to rent them out and got the entire family involved in the renovation process. Now, Janet leads a team of almost entirely women in the male-dominated property management industry, offering a strategic approach to optimizing the returns on your, on your rentals. So welcome to the show, Janet. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate you. And uh, can you please share a little bit more about yourself? And if you have any story that you can share, especially in the property management business, you know, please, please share with our audience. So I have been in real estate and property management for as long as I can remember. I didn't really have a choice. It was um, a family I was born into, much like your situation, um, growing up, flipping the properties, doing renovations, um, helping stuff envelopes and um, doing all the office work that we didn't realize was weird at the time. Uh, just a family business. So about, I don't know, 2010, 2012, I entered into the office officially. I uh, moved from government contracting into um, the small family office where my father worked and two other ladies helped support the office that way. None of my other family has worked into the office, my mother, my two sisters. So it was just me and my dad and two other ladies. And it was really interesting finding out how the business works as an organization and not just seeing it from the outside. And uh, I got hooked pretty quick because I love making improvements and making connections with different ideas. So I, I quickly just kind of got addicted to the fast pace and the challenges and the excitement. And just it's just so interesting. It's, it's very alluring. <laughs> <laughs> So here I am today, we have about five, 600 properties. We have about 600 properties under our management and we have a team of 10. Some of our members are here locally. We have um, a few members who are not local, but also in the United States. And then we have a few members who are global team members. And then we also use contractors to help supplement some of the activities that we need to get done. So it's been a really interesting ride. It's full of lots of failures and hurdles to overcome and painful pitfalls. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations on, on starting such a, you know, like a big business. And, you know, like uh, reading your bios, I, I'm so inspired and impressed, you know, as a, a woman, you know, like how do you start a, a company, especially in a male-dominated business? And what some of the challenges that you've seen along the way? And what did you do to overcome those? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is just stepping out on your own and owning your own space, um, not letting other people sh shrink you down, I think is one of the biggest things is just speaking up for yourself, not waiting for somebody to say, hey, what do you have to say? It's If you have something to say and you think it's of value, you just speak up and you just say it. Uh, because you have value to bring to the table as well. I work in an office of, there's 10 people on the team and we have two males. 
and they are extremely polite and courteous. And it's a very interesting dynamic that when like a typical um, male comes in, that it it does change things. Um, I notice that when I go to conferences and such, where it's uh, it's more of a 50-50 split, that it's different. But women are extremely collaborative, uh, at least the women that I work with. And I come from an art background. And when you're in art, it's you're extremely collaborative. You're always asking for feedback. You're always drawing on other people's skills and what they're learning, you want to learn too. So you're you're always building on each other. And I find that that's the way I prefer to function. And I attract people who like to work that way too. That's awesome. And would you be able to provide a little bit details about uh, Oak Trust properties? Uh, what type of properties um, are you overseeing? And uh, what type of services that you provide to, to the listener? Sure. So we are a full service property management company. That means that we do everything from list your property to find the applicant, to uh, vet the applicant and make sure they're most qualified and that they can pay for that and take care of it. Um, And then we take care of the whole relationship year over year for you. So you don't have to manage that. And it sounds like an easy task, but one of the biggest parts of managing uh, property management isn't always the property. Uh, (laughs) it's typically the relationship of the customer, which is the resident, the tenant. Mediating between the tenant and the owner is pretty difficult because you represent the client and you also have to look out for the resident's rights. So when somebody's paying for something, sometimes they can forget that there's another human being involved and that they do have rights and they do have a voice and they do need to be respected. So managing that relationship can be very complicated. And that's usually where a lot of our value comes from. And it's also quickly forgotten how much goes into that. Marketing the property is much easier. (laughs) So um, I want to ask, you know, like uh, finding a a good property management company to manage the rental property is really extremely difficult. And uh, what they usually say, you know, like you live or die from an investor standpoint, Mm -hmm. especially outside, uh, out of state investor, you live and die based on your property management company to oversee your your properties. Um, Do you have any recommendations of what our investors would would have to look for before they select the correct property management company? Absolutely. Well, Oak Trust Properties, I highly recommend anybody who is interested um, pick up the phone and call and see who's on the other end of that line. Um, do you work well with them? Do you understand how they speak to you? And that's a really good start. And then um, another thing that I feel like is just just as important, even more important, is to get that management agreement and read it. Find out what it says, because that is literally the timeline of events and how the events will be handled between the relationship of you and the property manager, uh, the management company. If you don't like the way that property, that management agreement is stated, then it's probably not going to be a good fit for you. It tells you where the charges are. um, It tells you when things will happen. It's an extremely useful piece of information that some people don't give enough thought about. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, 
and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. I'm pretty sure uh, managing a lot of properties, there's always one of those stories that you're probably coming across or multiple stories. Um, Is there any good one that you can share with our listeners? Yes, there's a there's quite a few really good ones. Um, the ones that people want to hear about are usually the the ones you want to tuck away under the rug. So let's go for it. So we had a a property that was probably a B class property, like an '80s ranch style home, and a owner that we brought on had a client or a resident in the property already that they were friends with, and they were having trouble collecting rent from the friend because the friend was on tough times. Lots of um, turmoil, lots of sad stories, all of that. And the friend couldn't manage the relationship because, you know, their heart was in it. And it's hard to like fall back on that lease agreement when your heart's involved. So they called on us to help out. And we quickly realized that the the owner was over, they were in over their head. They had a really good relationship with this person who was having a hard time managing their life and were not managing the home at all. And it was in dire need of repair had this person um, was a collector of things. We're not going to say what's like, because this would be a t- protected class if I gave it a label, but they, they had a lot of items in their home. It was very hard mm-hmm. to walk around their home. And because they had a hard time paying their bills and such that the water and the power were cut off on occasion. And where we live in Charleston, South Carolina, that can be detrimental. Turning off the AC means mold and mildew and the mm-hmm. home quickly begins to decay. So by when we started talking to the owner about evictions, the owner was adamant against the eviction because their heart was so tied up in it. That was very difficult. And that was a really hard lesson to learn moving forward is that as a company, you create your policies in your management agreement and in your leases and you follow them to a T. And when the owner signs that management agreement, they say, I am going to follow your processes and we're not going to ask you for your permission to move forward with evictions. Uh, because if we do, we're stepping away from our lease agreement when we go to court and the judge magistrate looks at that and said, well, why didn't you post late fees? Why didn't you post eviction at all these other one, two, three, six, seven, eight, 20 times? Mm-hmm. They say you set up the precedence that you would not do it. So this person thought it was safe to continue down this course. So we get into the point where this home is tens of thousands of dollars in disrepair The owner does not want to move forward. Uh, We're collecting uh, resources for social services to get in contact with this individual because they greatly need it. And by the time we help this person come to the decision that they do need to move out of this home, the home is um, in disrepair. And we luckily um, got an investor to go ahead and buy that property cash from the client. And they flipped the property and kept it, which was excellent for everyone involved. Um, so it was a horrible, horrible mess that the property was stinky. The property was smelly. The toilets weren't working, but they continued using them. There was piles of trash next to the, um, the recliner where the person sat all the time. Uh, it, it was bad, but I think the biggest takeaway was stick to your processes. Don't rent to families and friends. If you're not brave enough to stick to that, that lease, it's a very tricky situation to be in. And yeah, stick wow. to your guts. Stick yeah, to your that's a that that's a really great story. And it's amazing how like you guys are coming in and helping the tenants and uh, go beyond where you go into the social services and 
helping her out, you know, making sure that everything is being taken care of, and also helping the seller, like finding the right investor to to come over and take it uh, take it over the property. So uh, kudos to to you and your team. Thank you. Uh, we really just feel like it's the right thing. Nobody needs to be left out in the cold. And if they're not able to take care of themselves, sometimes they need a little help to find who to reach out to. So you were talking about the process earlier. So um, were you able to share what are some of the, of the top tools for making the process simple and repeatable, you know, for your business and po- possibly, you know, for the your clients as well? Absolutely. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm looking at a process is to look at, you know, what's the ultimate goal of this process and what are the the smallest or not the smallest, the minimal viable actions that we need to complete that process. Recently, I went to Disney with my family and I did that um, Epcot ball where they take, actually it was a different part of Disney, but anyway, they tell you a story about hydroponics Mm -hmm. and hydroponics. um, They say, well, we're thinking about plants and the world needs uh, all this food, but we don't have enough room. So what are the bare minimum things that plants need to survive? And they said that it was sunlight. They said that it was water and they said it was nutrition. Soil is nowhere to be seen. Soil is not needed. So that has really um, pushed me to think in a different way that just because we're using those things doesn't mean that that's the minimal viable things that we need to move forward. So I'm always pushing those constraints saying, what do we need? Do we really need this? Can we function without this? And if these are the three key points that we need to move forward, let's focus on those two things or those three things move forward. And now where can we create value and where can we create um, support to our customers and clients? So all the additional moving pieces I try to remove. So if you think of it as a linear decision matrix, if you're a large company, the bigger you get, the harder it is to deal with yes and no questions, people deviating from your, your central timeline. So I really try to remove those possibilities and say, if you would like to get on with us as a larger company, this is the way we function and we can't cater to you and these different things because it does cost more time, mm-hmm. which costs you and me more money. So that's the way I think of it is I can deliver everything, but I can't deliver everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very selective about who we work with because some people want us to be very flexible and we can't deliver excellent results being extremely flexible for everybody. Got it. That makes sense. And if the investors, you know, like were to work with your companies, what type of uh, expected reports or KPIs or um, that you would provide to the investors? Yeah, absolutely. So Oak Trust, um, we have uh, a I think five guarantees that we focus on. We focus on days on market. We focus on um, the tenant that stays in the property and we have a guarantees behind those. So if the property is not rented in our marketing guarantee, whichever that may be at the time does change on the market, we will waive your leasing fee, which is that big upfront fee in most markets. It can be anywhere from 30 to hundred percent of the rent. And then um, if we put a resident in the property who needs to be evicted in less than 12 months, we'll go ahead and release the property for free. We'll quickly get at least for you. The communication is a big thing. A lot of property managers, um, you hear the old school property managers don't respond. So if we don't respond back to you in 24 hours in the same way that you contacted us, you know, text, voicemail, email, whatever, we'll waive that month's um, management fee. So whatever guarantees that we have, we back it up with uh, those dollars because those dollars hurt. And they're meaningful to both parties. So we try to back up with whatever we say with, you know, giving back that money for the service. 
So Janet is the property management companies now is uh, your business is your primary focus or, or do you still invest yourself as an investor as well? I am not investing as an investor right now. Um, I'm actually buying my first commercial property this year for the company under a separate LLC. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm in the process of looking right now. And then in the next year, I'm hoping to start investing. Um, running this business, it has been quite interesting. It's it's a big animal and a big beast to tame. So I haven't had a ton of time to do that, but um, I look forward to investing a lot more in the future. That is awesome. So Janet, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Oh, wow. Real estate investing is, it's so powerful. Being in control of your own income is extremely freeing. It creates so much flexibility. You don't feel owned by a job. You don't feel owned by somebody saying, this is what you need to do. If you want to work harder for something, you can go invest in more properties and that brings you more financial freedom. And you can just see the dollars like snowballing. So just being empowered to know that you have an effect with your actions on your bottom line and your future getting there is the speed at which it um, increases is really exciting and alluring. Got it. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? That I wish I knew when it got started. That's a really hard one. Um, I think that some of the common threads I thought would go away, like how hard it is, but it doesn't. You know, the real estate part is actually not as hard as the people part. People are multifaceted. People are unpredictable and people are the hardest part to figure out of every equation for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Janet, what is the, what was the, the great ideas that helped you to propel you to the next, next level from here? Honestly, I believe looking into the company culture and who we wanted to be in a meaningful way and what we wanted to deliver, setting goals and figuring out how to work backwards from those goals was, was monumentous. It was huge. Before we were just moving forward as a company and just, it was almost like hungry, hungry hippos. Any client and any property that came our way, we we're like, yes, that's more money, but not every property equals more money and not every client's a good fit. So I think that's one of the things that I've learned here. <laughs> That's awesome. So Janet, um, really appreciate you coming on to the podcast today and um, you know, giving us your background and uh, how you started your company and uh, Oak Trust Properties Company as well. And if our listener wanted to get in touch with you or wanted to learn more about your business, where can they go? Yeah. So Oak Trust Properties is on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. You can also find us at oaktrustproperties.com where you can hop on our uh, resources page and fill out just a little questionnaire and we'll give you our free marketing plan. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Janet. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. 
Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.